Welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. My name is Ben, and today I've got Reverend Robin King sitting down with me to talk about, I believe we're going to talk about the Beatitudes. So I want to preface this by saying that uh, every conversation, every episode that we have on the show is different. A lot of these conversations do tie into biblical stories or lessons or truths from the Bible, not because uh, we're building a community that says, you know, the Bible is the one-way ticket to heaven and you must follow it by the letter and this is, you know, we're, we're not at all about telling you what to believe. But Robin has this incredible wealth of knowledge and understanding of the theology and the stories that are in the Bible and they do hold so much wisdom and so much truth and so many lessons that we can learn from that do apply to daily life. And I know that um, uh, the Beatitudes are a good example of that. Robin, welcome back. What do you want to talk about with the Beatitudes and how does that relate to your sermon coming up this Sunday? I don't want to talk about the Beatitudes, Ben, and I'm not preaching this Sunday. So, um, now that we've got that out of the way... Uh, you said you wanted to talk about the Beatitudes. Yeah, I lied. Well, that's not very biblical, is it? Uh, oh, actually, that's very biblical. Um, and actually, it's interesting that you say that. Uh, what, what you just said is really interesting because it is uh, mostly true uh, in that, no, we don't... We, we, you know what? Uh, on a Sunday morning, um, I don't ever want anyone to think that um, the sermon is, is about, okay, well, now that he's told us, now we know you know, and then mm-hmm. go away, and that's what we have to... I I always hope that people will hear it as something that maybe prods of their thinking, um, and gets them to think about it, um, what their perspective is on it, and all that kind of... I would, in fact, I would love some Sunday morning, I would love somebody to stand up and say, I don't agree with that, and, and we'd have a nice, meaningful dialogue uh, as part of the sermon. Um, I actually wouldn't even mind if somebody stood up, yelled at me, that's a pile of crap, and run out the door. Um, I just... To get some kind of engagement, right? Um, because I think the engagement's important. Uh, you know, here's the thing: uh, we're not actually going to talk about the Beatitudes um, because, and, and you know what? Even if if you Google the Beatitudes, even even Wikipedia, which, as we know, is always very accurate and truthful, and never wrong about anything, will tell you that the Beatitudes appear in the Gospel of Matthew, and also in Luke. And no, they don't. Uh, well, I, see, I think there's probably a big argument for for it, but the, the beatitudes we know and love. I think there's what is there seven or nine? That, uh, apparently, I should know them better. Um, the beatitudes we know and love are in Matthew. It's the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus stands up on the mountain and he he preaches down at the. That was a bad, unfortunate way of saying that, but that's true because he's on higher up on the mountain, right? Is mm-hmm. uh, got a vantage point from which he preaches to the crowd, so right? everyone can see him. So yeah. everyone can see him. Everyone can hear him. It's a great vantage point, um, and the Sermon on the Mount includes a pile of really important, useful stuff. It's one of the great teaching moments in the Bible, um, and uh, it includes the Beatitudes, which are for people who don't know. Um, blessed are the poor. It begins blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, and, but it also includes uh, blessed are you know the the, the, the hungry blessed uh, are the um, there there's a whole slew of them. Um, read it yourself, Ben. 
Uh, I've heard it. They're before, important. I and the point is, the point is that it's here's Jesus. The words of comfort and hope. Jesus is saying, "Blessed are you, people, right here. If you know the poor in spirit, the hungry, the meek, the humble, the peacemakers. Blessed are are blessed are you." And and just to be clear. I want to be absolutely clear that I don't think that we should ever hear the Beatitudes as, okay, if blessed are you if you're like this, because that's not what it says. It's not a conditional Jesus statement. Jesus says, you are blessed. Yeah. You are, already are. Um, and so to me, the Beatitudes are about reminding um, the poor in spirit, the hungry, the humble, the all of that, uh, 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 reminding us that just as we are, we are blessed. And that's great. And so they've got the Beatitudes, and then he moves on to something else. That's not what happens in Luke, which is actually the reading for this Sunday, the Gospel reading for this Sunday. It's the sixth Sunday of Epiphany. And just to be clear about how much we don't want to hear the version from Luke, it only ever shows up randomly when there's a sixth Sunday in Epiphany, which isn't always. Okay. Right? There's, there's always, I think there's always at least five Sundays in Epiphany. But it depends when... But the Sundays when... in Epiphany are variable depending on when Lent starts and when Easter is, right? right. So um, there can be as many as seven, I think, Sundays in Epiphany. Um, hmm. But, and, and I think there are this year, um, but sometimes there's only five. In fact, there's usually only five. So, <laughs> so we don't, we only hear Luke, we only hear Luke's version of this story. Um, even that's, I think, is a bad way of saying it. We only hear what we think is Luke's version of the story um, every now and then. That's the only time it appears in the election. It's like leap years. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But the thing is, we go, okay, well, it's Luke's version of the Beatitudes because it's Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount. Although, he's not actually on a mountain, he's on a plane. It's actually referred to often as the Sermon on the Plane. Um, and it includes a lot of teachings and stuff, but not nearly all of the, all of the stuff that's in Matthew. Um, it's not nearly as long, it's shorter, but, you know, it's Luke's version. No! <laughs> it's only Luke's version if you consider that it's so dramatically different and yet it's a big teaching moment, mm -hmm. right? So, okay, it's a big teaching moment, but it's completely different um, uh, than, than Matthew. In Luke's version, here's Luke telling this story of Jesus there. They've gone up the mountain to pray, but he doesn't stay up there. He comes down and he stands amongst the people on the plain. It's a level plain. Does that mm -hmm. language sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Because it should, if you remember in Isaiah talking about, Isaiah talking about um, the mountains you know, will be made low and the, the rough places plain, yeah. like straight in the desert, a highway for God. Yeah. Right. Um, so here's that's one one thing that should pop into your head right away. The other thing is here's here's Jesus. He goes up on the mountain praying. He comes down the mountain to be amongst the people. Hmm. He doesn't stand, say in a pulpit and talk down to the people, mm -hmm. he stands on the floor, he stands face to face with the people, and he talks to them where they're at. Um, he, it, he engages them where they're at. And that's why I think, I think the thing about the Sermon on the Mount is that it sounds very much to me like Jesus uh, stood up and talked. It's a, a lecture. Lecture, lecture format. TED talk. Maybe even, a, maybe even a sermon, right? Sermon on the Mount. But in Luke, it just sounds to me like Jesus uh, probably walked around while he was talking amongst the people 
um, talking to them face to face. And that probably means they talked back. And mm -hmm. there's no record of that, of course. It's just well, we hear is Jesus, what Jesus says. Um, but, but to me, it just sounds so much more like the kind of Jesus that engages people. Yeah. Um, and, and say, on a Sunday morning, might want their feedback rather than just have them sit there and listen to them talk. Well, it also, for me, it conjures up an image of this, you know, wise spiritual leader who's, like you said, Im immersing himself in the crowd, interacting with the people, and maybe the, the, um, the listing off of these Beatitudes is more based on who he's encountering as he's m making well, his way through the crowd. So he bingo. comes across a poor person. You and know what? Only You're, you look poor, blessed are the poor. Here's the other thing about the, the Beatitudes in Luke uh, is that there's only four, and it's followed by four corresponding woes. So it's not so much the Beatitudes, it's the blessings and the woes. I, I'll come back to that in just a second, but I just wanted to also say another thing about Luke's version of the story is that um, it says that people were coming to Jesus, they, they were bringing the sick, and, and Jesus was healing them all. So just to be clear, he came down from the mountain to where all the people were, and the first thing he did was heal them all. And just again to be clear about that, Luke doesn't say, eh, there was a few random people, they did some healing. It says he healed them all. Hmm. And then he starts talking. And he says these four things that are blessings. And they are four, followed by four corresponding things that are that we we might say blessings and woes, right? So, for instance, blessed are the poor, woe to the rich. That's number one. The other thing that's interesting about Luke's version of the beatitudes, and yeah, we can call them that because they're blessings, right? That's a beatitude, blessing. That's what the word means. The other thing about Luke's blessings is that Matthew begins with blessed are the poor in spirit and then goes on from there. And so right away, your context, when you hear Matthew's Beatitudes, your contexts are about the, the spiritual side of things. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek, right? And as he goes on, even even talk about the hungry and, and everything else, as he goes on through those Beatitudes, you've already framed them because of that first one in the context of, we're talking about the, you know, the spiritual side of things, the emotional side of things, the, the soulful side of things. Luke starts out with blessed are the poor, hmm. not in spirit, the actual poor. Blessed are the hungry, um, you know, and, and it, it, so he's engaging the people where they're at. Not the poor in spirit. I see that you people are poor. I see that you're hungry. I see that you know, you're, you're oppressed and put upon. Don't worry, you are blessed. And then he goes, woe to the rich. Woe to those who have the good life now. And this is, I think, why we maybe don't want to hear Luke, is because basically the context of this is, um, blessed are you who are poor because things are going to be great for you. And for those of you who are rich now, well, you know, you're going to get yours. Watch out. And nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. Especially if you say, uh, for instance, are a member of a nice, warm, comfortable congregation, um, and you, you know, you have, well, you are rich, <laughs> comparatively speaking, right? Um, or at least moderately well off, or at least well off enough, right? Um, and the context of the people that Luke is talking to in this Sermon on the Plain are people who have, uh, probably, literally have nothing. I mean, it, 
I got to say, don't know for sure. For sure, I mean, there could be some middle class people spread amongst them, um, but for the most part, the people that Jesus attracted were the people who felt hurt and broken, and uh, uh, their their life was hard. They had no health insurance. For they sure. had no health insurance, right? So it was a, it was a hard time to be alive. Period. Yes, like, yes, it was. And so, so part of this, part of maybe understanding this a little bit better is trying to trying to understand what's our life like now, okay, first of all, um, and particularly if you live in the West where people are generally well off, more well off than people who live in, you know, uh, third world countries and, you know, the, even our language, right, does that, except, hang on a second, there are still people who are hungry and homeless yeah. and have nothing Yeah, where we live. And, and see, I think this is maybe why we need to hear Luke more often, is because Luke challenges us to not um, take the high ground, the vantage point, and look down, but to actually get in there and engage, right? If you, and there's, there's, there's an advantage, right, to, um, you know, you go to a movie now, any really, really good movie theaters now, they have stadium seating, right? Mm -hmm. And stadium seating is designed so that everyone can see there's no... There's no bad seats, right? There's no chance that somebody could sit down in front of you with a big hat on or, you know, big hair, and you can't suddenly can't see the screen. Except the front row. Nobody likes to sit in the front row. So then you got to crane, in the front yeah, row. Yeah. crane your neck. Right, because you have to look up. Yeah. Because um, the screen is so big. And, and, you know, here's an interesting thing. How come, how come there's a sermon on the mount in Matthew and there's a sermon on the plain in Luke, but Mark doesn't have a sermon in the valley? That would round it out. That would round things out, wouldn't it? Yeah. But better acoustics. I think, better acoustics, right? But but that's what maybe maybe something we want to learn from Luke, from Luke's story here, is that Jesus engaged people where they were at, face to face. You know, um, and and we have so much trouble with that. Um, one way that we have so much trouble with that, for instance, is, um, for lack of a better word, charity. Mm -hmm. It's really easy for us to make a donation, to send money or to send a donation to somewhere else in the world to, you know, because something bad's happening there, we want to help, want to help, let's send them money. And, and you see people talking about this all the time. We'll send money to other parts of the world, but there's still homeless and hungry people in our own cities, in our own country, right? What are we doing about them? Well, frankly, it's easier to send money away somewhere else than it is to actually go face to face and engage those people. Because some of them maybe don't want your help. You don't have First to wrestle with the, the messiness of it and yeah. the complexities of it. Um, it may well be, and, and I'm not saying this is the case, I actually don't know, but there may well be people who live on the street who want to live on the street. They don't want to live in it. They don't want a house. Or they don't, you know, they want to do their own thing and they don't want the responsibility to go, fine, but you don't know that until you find out. Yeah. The point is that if you project onto someone that, oh, you need help, Yes. and here's how we're going to help you when, without engaging with them and finding out what are your struggles and what would feel helpful to you. I'm not suggesting that Jesus does that in the Sermon on the Mount, but it kind of has that vibe mm -hmm. of the guy standing up there, talking down to us, telling us what to do, right? It's kind of got that, that kind of feel to it. And there's wonderful, don't get me wrong, there's wonderful things in that sermon but again, because we have no idea how people responded, we, we don't know how they responded. But I do know in Luke, here's Jesus going face to face with people. Mm -hmm. 
And, and it may be that there were people in the crowd further back who couldn't hear very well, because, you know, he, they probably even said, could you stand on a rock or something so we can hear you better? Um, but Jesus was more interested in going face-to-face with people in this version of the story, and we could really learn something from that. Mm-hmm. I think we could also really learn something from the fact that, that uh, in Luke's telling of the Beatitudes, there are blessings for those who are hungry, really, uh, and poor, and, and homeless, and, and struggling, and broken, uh, not spiritually, but really. And that ought to challenge us to, to think about, what are you going to do about that? Because it's then followed by, woe are you who are uh, wealthy and rich and have the good life and all the good things coming to you. Remembering, of course, that in those days, I can't believe I just said in those days because we still do this. In, there are some, particularly um, the, uh, I don't know, particularly more, let's say the prosperity gospel, for instance. God wants you to be rich. <laughs> in in Jesus' day, people thought um, if you had if you uh, if you had a handicap or or something happened to you or you you got leprosy or whatever, obviously God is punishing you. God, but if yeah. you got rich, if you if you you know had had all the stuff that you wanted and needed, it's because God was blessing you directly. You'd done good. None of it was random. It, you were being rewarded by God, yeah, right? It was all... And, and so here's Jesus saying, nope. Actually, that's not true. It's the other way around. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I was going to say, you know, in those days. But we still do that. We still, there's still people who believe that because they live a good life according to the law, <laughs> God gives them stuff. Right? Well, not or like people, that. people who do bad, God takes stuff away. But except that doesn't work. Agree. I would agree, but I also think that beyond that, there's also a lingering um, belief that, like, we have this correlation between, you know, someone's beautiful. Oh, God blessed that person with with, yeah. with good looks or good health. Yeah. Or you know, this person was really successful and their business was booming. Oh, look at how God's blessings her. Mm-hmm. So we we still look at it very similarly to how people perceived for sure their their lot in life a couple thousand years ago it's yeah. like but i mean i was i happened to be born into one of the safest and and um highest standard of living countries in the world not because of anything i did it was pure chance or uh and actually another great example is uh so my sister-in-law Sarah and Logan, their daughter Georgia and Nate, uh, put on put together this really powerful video that I think we're going to share. If we haven't already shared it on the Six Ways from Sunday Facebook page, we will after this episode because it really needs to get out there again. But they put together a really cool video about beauty and what beauty is. And she, Georgia said this really cool thing, where she said when she compares in her head how she feels when someone compliments her on. Her, looks versus complimenting her on something that she's achieved her achievements and her work ethic and those things mean way more to her because her looks are something that she was just born with she didn't earn them she didn't work for them it was just pure random chance that she looks the way she looks you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but so we we correlate the how lucky we are to have whether it's with physically or financially or any of those things with Look at what God has given me. 
when, you know, just, just the fact that if you're in Canada, and even if you are at the, basically the poverty line of a Canadian income, you're probably within the one or two top, you know, most richest people in the world. Because there are so many people who have so much less than we do. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, although I think the most important thing in any of that is um, you are blessed simply because you are. You, you be. Therefore, exactly. you are blessed, right? Exactly. And I think so. I think part of part of the learning here too is uh, um, you you are blessed. Uh, blessings aren't easy. Being blessed isn't necessarily all, you know, beautiful and warm and fuzzy, right? Mm -hmm. um, we are uh, we are blessed with a life that has challenges as well as. Uh, opportunities. We're blessed with a life where good things happen and bad things happen. We're blessed with a life with a life where um, we see both uh, uh, beauty and uh, both the beauty of the world and its its. Uh, I don't want to say ugliness so much as it's because everything's beautiful in its own way. But but um, we're often challenged by. Uh, and and not not just it's not just it's not I'm not talking about appearance. I'm talking about. Um, Beautiful moments, right? We we see something happen, or or uh, um, an act of kindness, or something. And it's it's beautiful to us, but there are moments when it's not beautiful, but it's still an act of kindness. It's still necessary. It's still a moment of, um, and and I, I think that's one of the things about the having the five or four four blessings and four woes, right? Is that one of the things that we're reminded of here? Um, isn't that well, I'm obviously in this category, and those guys are going to get theirs. Um, However, whichever category we're in, um, it's also a question of reminding us that um, we're all the we're we're not the same. We're we are similar. We can be similar, and we can be different, but we can't be the same because we're all unique, mm -hmm. right? But there are times when we need to remember that as uh, just because we be, like as children of God, we are, uh, um, there's equity amongst us, right? In terms of, mm. of, of life. And so, so for example, so just for example, um, recently Jeff Bezos has um, been embroiled in a little bit of a scandal involving certain pictures of certain parts of himself. Um, and the thing about that is, like, and, and if you watch any of the, like, the late night talk shows, they're, they're really having a field day with this. Because here's a guy, richest man in the world, right? Uh, um, and and we, we kind of know, based on his recent divorce settlement, which there's another piece of the story, um, that I think she got 60-something million dollars. Um, billion dollars. Yeah, I was so, gonna say. Billion dollars. <laughs> billion. So we know. So we know he's worth, like, somewhere around one hundred and forty billion dollars. Yeah. Right. That's his wealth. So richest guy in the world. And what does he get caught doing? Something that ordinary guys do. <laughs> <laughs> Stupidly. Um, do, do you know what I mean? And the yeah. same thing with the 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 divorcing. Everybody. Everybody, may find themselves there. It's not just a question of, you know, he's in the news because he's worth more money than this person. Like, on the, the day that that probably announced, there was probably 
thousands of people getting divorced that day, yeah. right? Because that's something that happens. It's actually, a sadly, become ordinary. Yeah. Um, but it's not in his case because he was mm -hmm. super rich. Except, wait a minute, he might have been super rich, but that doesn't seem to have helped him, does it? Um, he might be super rich, but he's still just a guy in so many ways, right? Um, and, and you see that, you see that in all sorts of people. Um, and, but we are conditioned, of course, to think, oh, they're rich, it probably doesn't matter to them, right? Or that person's poor, so it obviously matters to them more. Or someone's famous, so a tragedy in their life is somehow more um, significant than the same tragedy happening to someone who isn't famous. Right. We, we, we condition everything, right? Yeah. Or we contextualize everything, right? Um, and and maybe, maybe here's a reminder, um, maybe here's a reminder that we, not that we need to be, not that we want to be, one or the other. This isn't Jesus saying, oh, so you want to be poor, because, you know, good stuff later. Or, yeah, you don't want to be rich. But this is Jesus saying, if the reason for you being one or the other is due to something other than who you are, that's not good. Take, take another look. Take another <laughs> look. Reevaluate. Yeah, um, it, it, because it's about it's about us recognizing in all of our uniquenesses and diversity and and rich and poor and and um, you know healthy and unhealthy, um, it, it, all of that stuff. Uh, trying to and here we are back at the level plane. Equity comes with a level plane, right? Mm -hmm. um, and 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 that's maybe part of this story, um, and the way. Luke presents Jesus as he presents Jesus uh, being one of us, right? And trying to share this idea of loving each other because we are all worthy of love um, and striving for um, a life that, um, a life that uh, provides uh, richness to the poor, mm -hmm. um, but, but, but equally richness to the rich in a way that isn't uh, uh, monetary financial. I can't think of a way of saying that. Um, I'm kind of stumbling over how to say this because I, I don't want it to sound like I'm saying, oh, you know, those poor rich people. <laughs> um, they, I, I, I just think, or, or worse, well, you know, obviously it's good to be poor because <laughs> it's not. But there's a difference between... Um equitable and fair. I, I've, I've heard, I keep hearing this... Uh, equity and equality, right? Yeah, so yeah. A, a good example is, and where, I've heard, where I keep hearing this is um, in the agriculture industry, there's uh, very often a lot of complexity and struggles with passing on something like a family farm. So if you, you have this piece of land, which was the family's home, and multiple kids have grown up there, who do you pass the farm down to? And if you've got four kids and one of the kids wants to buy the farm, well, how do they come up with the $4 million? And even if they could, then, you know what I mean? How do they, how do, do the other siblings have to buy them out if they want just the, or does one sibling have to buy all the other ones out of their equal share? And so there's, there are professionals who will help farm families 
navigate their way through these really treacherous waters where often without professional help it breaks families trying to figure all of this stuff out and and one of the things that they'll say is fair and equal are not the same thing and it, and and you can see examples of that everywhere where you know do you do you um, do each of us deserve exactly the same thing because that's fair or or because that's equal or is fair more about uh, contemplating what are the actual needs right because if for so everyone to see the same thing isn't yeah. isn't always and this is this is also I think where um, it's important to remember that in Matthew the Beatitudes aren't exclusively spiritual and in Luke they're not exclusively not is that there's an intersection of those things and so for example for example I imagine that here's an issue um, they want to pass a farm, a farm on there's four kids one of them has had a job where they've made a lot of money and they can afford to buy the farm, but all they want to do is buy the farm so they can sell it again and make even more money. They're not really interested in farming, but one of the others who doesn't have the money to buy it actually wants to be a farmer. So who gets it? Yeah. The one who can afford to buy it but doesn't want it, or the one who can't but will actually farm it. Like what, do you know what I mean? So what is fair? What's, in, what's fair in, in that context? And what's right? fair is not always just about making things equal. Right, right. And, and that's, that's the thing about, uh, that's the thing about uh, saying level playing field. The thing about Jesus um, and this being on the level plane, right, is that um, it, it, the, the level plane in life isn't exclusively flat for everybody. Mm -hmm. It takes into account the fact that there might need to be a hill here or a valley there. There might need to be, right, in order to accommodate what's, well, fair or equitable. Mm -hmm. right? And that's, that's the justice part of it. Um, and, and that's the part that we need to work hardest towards because we obviously do not understand it 2,000 plus years later um, because we're still not doing it. We still, uh, we still find um, uh, being being rich is the thing to be, because uh, you don't want to be poor, right? Mm -hmm. You want to, and and you want to have the seat that has the best vantage point. You want to be, you know, up the mountain. Except, okay, but if you've got a lovely mountain view where you look down upon everyone else, uh, who's up the mountain with you? You're looking down on everybody, so you must alone. be by yourself. Right, um, and and plus it takes away the whole interaction part. Yeah. Right, uh, and and that's the that's I think the most important part of all of this is that um, it it doesn't say it doesn't say anywhere in this story of Luke that Jesus stood you know interacting with people on their own level, um, talking to people, and people at the back kept shouting, "Can you stand on a rock so we can hear you better?" It doesn't say that. It just says that Jesus kept talking to people, and that's why I think, I don't think he actually stood still. I think he probably wandered around. Mm -hmm. uh, the disciples probably followed him, but he probably kept talking while they were walking. Mm -hmm. It was like a scene from, remember West Wing? Like, it, in fact, it was, they did it so often that um, people parried it, par parodied it, right? Where they would do this bit where they'd talk and walk. Yeah, and and it would it would go on, and then somebody else would join them, and they'd be, and you know, and and, <laughs> the and I think I think Jesus, house. yeah, I think it's, in fact it would go on so long you'd think, geez, how big is the White House? Um, but but I think I think that maybe is what Jesus did because he was always wanting to interact. Yeah, it probably went on for hours. Always wanting to engage people, 
Um, I just wanted to say, by the way, that that uh, when I said right at the start that I'm not actually preaching this Sunday, I, I'm not because we have we have a guest, um, Kelly Henry, who's um, sort of uh, she describe uh, they describe themselves as a, uh, a queer activist and educator uh, and artist, and um, they're going to talk about. Uh, some of the things like language and their their journey uh, growing up in the United Church um, and finding themselves to be uh, not what everyone else was and being supported and accepted for it um, and that's that's a story we need to hear over and over and over again in fact we also need to hear about what language mm. what do you say how do you ask um, how do you how, how do you find out in order to understand better Right, um, and we need to hear that. And see, I, I think that's all part of being uh, engaging people and being on because the plane. It is so individual. Like it's recognizing we, that we're different, and there's diversity. There's rich and poor. There's blah blah blah. blah. Sure, but as individual people, mm -hmm. we are many things. And the only way to uh, create relationships is to engage those many things yeah. and find out more. And there's a good way to find out, and there's a bad way to find out. <laughs> there's a there's a right uh, language to use, and there's wrong language to use. And and the thing is, that lots of people won't won't know simply because they don't know. How are you going to find out? If it's just engage, new, yeah. If you've just never uh, encountered encountered someone with that story, or um, never had that type of conversation. You don't know, but if I think as long as you're approaching people with love and respect, you people feel that energy, and and then you learn something, and then yeah. the next time it isn't new the, to you. The um, the uh, I, and that's why see okay level plane. It's not it's not going to be flat. Well, what it, what it's going to be is balanced. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe maybe a better way of saying that is that what what it needs to be is balanced, because there's going to be times that are hard. There's going to be times that are easier. There's going to be times when uh, when when seeing the blessing is going to be hard work, mm -hmm. um, and there's going to be times when it's not. Yeah. Um, there's going to be times when um, loving your neighbor is going to be really easy, and there's going to be times when loving your neighbor is not going to be easy because suddenly you think of them as your enemy. There's going to be times when it's really easy to get along with somebody because, they're, man, they're just like you. How often do we say that? We get along with somebody because they're just like me. How often do we say, I really get along with that person because they're completely different than me? Uh, there's there I want to know more I want to understand more I want them to understand more mm -hmm. about me how often do we do that they say opposites attract they sure they do and how often do we hear in the context of opposites attract that that's because um, that's because they're so dramatically different that um, they don't actually have an, a place to interact other than on the basis that they're different right right so so it's okay for them to argue about stuff it's okay for them and okay Maybe it is, but it's also important to remember that we're still, that thing that makes everything equitable is that we're all still children of God. We're all blessed for just for who we are. We're all human beings. We're all human beings. We're all, we're all uh, literally blessed because of who we are. It's hard to wrap our heads around. 
not not our not our not our financial situation, not where yeah. we live, not how we live, but how we live in terms of what we can afford to do. Yeah. But it's about how we live in terms of living out what Jesus teaches about love, um, which is for everyone and being uh, equitable with love. Right? Yeah, it's so hard to just to give up that that um, mindset of you know you need to earn things or you need to. Deserve, you need to be deserving. You need to live yeah. a certain way to yeah. to be loved. I mean, I may actually mention this last week, I think, but uh, I recently watched the um, uh, the that uh, film. Sort of, it's a, I guess it's a documentary about uh, Mr. Rogers, right? Uh, yeah, Won't yeah. you be my neighbor? Yeah. And I, I actually, honestly, was not aware of this, and and I, I like it's it like hit me. Watch it when they started to talk about the number of people who didn't like the fact that Mr. Rogers basically said, you are, you are loved and deserving just for who you are. You don't have to earn anything. You just have to be you. And people didn't right? like that. And people didn't like that because it causes people to, well, that means that people are going to think that they're, they're, they have a right to something they didn't earn. It means that they, they're just loved for who they are, but they didn't earn it. Mm. You know, and, and I just, uh, what? It's, it's not shocking, though, because the... No, and, 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 and like I said, when I kind of thought, okay, I can see where, I can see this, I, I just think that they're I'm talking about two different things, yeah. and they're not understanding yeah. um, that, like, his point isn't about uh, whether or not you're deserving of... Uh, uh, a certain a level of income or a certain, you know, this or that or anything else in terms of things. It's simply um, how different would the world be if we just respected each other simply because we are? Yeah. Right? Rather than because, you know, we're more powerful or we have more stuff or, you know, we have so-and-so has something I want. Mm-hmm. What if it was just a question of um, we, we love and respect each other just because we are? world would be a very different place yeah so circling back to what you said about this coming sunday and that you won't be preaching it sounds like there is um a really compelling reason for people to come to church this sunday if uh, you're yeah. uh, so check out our live stream speaking in basha yeah and we'll but anybody stream. can watch it at 10 30 alberta time uh, yeah. this sunday and then that'll be archived as well yes it will um all of the Actually, every Sunday, this, uh, the whole service is archived, and then we also edit just the sermon out of those services that are on the Rising Spirit Ministry yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, and similarly, Robin, your blog, people can check that out every, usually on a Thursday you post it, but every week you've... But late Thursday, usually, yeah. Sometimes, even Friday morning once in a while. Yeah. Who's counting? Um, and then these podcasts are, are once a week, so... Uh, lots of content to, for people to engage with the message that we're sharing through this community and um, for any, everybody who is listening we, we so appreciate you being a part of this community just by listening you are a part of it um, you can also be part of it by engaging with us on Facebook and by sharing these episodes of the podcast and uh, we hope that you'll join us again next week uh, I think over the next few days I'm going to try to find an opportunity to record uh, an episode with my dad who's going to be traveling with me way up north tomorrow morning. So we're going to have hours and hours and hours of driving time. We're going to, I'm going to throw the, the microphones and the recorder in the car and if we get the chance, 
I think that there should be a lot of time for some really good conversation and I've got some things I want to ask him about so I know he'll be a, a great guest to add on to the show and and then uh, yeah each week we'll just have new guests or new topics that Rob and I'll be discussing so uh, thanks Robin you're welcome and you know what what would be really cool is again it's about engagement right if we had some feedback from people we would re-engage some things maybe or yeah. or engage some new things that we hadn't thought of um, if people have ideas of things that we should be talking about rather than uh, simply um, where the lectionary takes us or what happens to come up yeah like the, uh, the idea of connecting our conversations to what your sermon is going to be about each Sunday it gives us some structure but we also have total freedom to just talk about anything that we want on the sure. show and that's what it's all about. So if you are interested in getting in touch, we would love to hear your feedback uh, to just know um, what people get out of the show and what people's thoughts and feedback are, how we can make it even better and other topics that we could talk about. Uh, the best way to do that is to just go straight to risingspiritministry.com and click on the, con uh, the contact page and you can reach us there. So thanks again, Robin, and thank thanks, you everybody for listening. Take care.